we got a brand new year, and as is our custom, and we see it as a biblical scriptural thing, we are going to begin our fast tomorrow for 21 days. I don't know about you, but I don't like to fast. I just don't. But I know it's in the word. I know it's scriptural. I know I'm supposed to do it. And I wanted to take some time today to teach you about this. Now, if you're a guest here today, don't run on us. We got some, there's some things I believe is going to really minister to you. Uh, And if you're not a part of our church, you don't have to be a part of our church to join our fast for 21 days. We welcome you to become a part of it. We want you to be a part of it. But it's a very, very spiritual thing. Matter of fact, prayer and fasting is in fact sowing to the spirit. Now, you and I aren't just flesh and blood. We got to get over that. We're not just flesh and blood. We actually live in a body. The real person, you, lives in your body, but you're not your body. It's your earth suit. You couldn't be on earth without your suit, just like you couldn't be on the moon without a moon suit, right? So you have to have the proper equipment to survive on planet earth, and so that's a part of our equipment. But that's not who we are. We're spirit. And God, the Bible says, God is spirit. So the only way to connect with God is through the spirit. And there are things that God expects us to do to disconnect from our flesh so we can be more connected to his spirit. So when we pray and fast, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but when we pray and fast, we are now sowing seeds in the spirit. If we don't sow a seed, we can't reap a harvest. And the Bible is very clear. The Bible says that if we sow unto the flesh, we reap corruption, which means corrosion, breakdown. Uh, it means destruction. Okay? So if I'm constantly sowing to my flesh all the time, what my body wants, what my mind wants, what I want, my thought, my mind, my, my desire, then I will reap a harvest of corruption or destruction. But if I sow, the Bible says, if I sow to the spirit of the spirit, I'll reap life, which is that word is zoe, which means so many fantastic things. But zoe life is not just eternal life one day, but the life of God we can experience on planet earth while we're walking in this world. We can actually experience the life of God, that abundant flow that God wants to give us from heaven to us. But we have to understand the principle. And it makes no sense, no earthly sense to the natural mind to fast. I mean, to me, even when I first started this, I'm thinking, man, why would, why would God tell me not to eat so I get closer to him? It doesn't make any sense to my natural mind. But guess what, guys? It didn't make any sense for Noah to build the ark either. Of something called a flood that he never heard of, a rain he never heard of. It made no sense for Abraham to have a son in his old, old age. Made no sense for Moses to lift up his rod and split the Red Sea and take that same rod and slap a rock and and water would come out of it. Make no sense that Mary would birth the child of God, the Messiah of the world. Made no sense for Jesus to go to the cross and die after only three and a half years of ministry. But God knows all things and obeying God sometimes makes no sense sense but it's in the obedience that power comes and what we got to have today is the power of God that breaks every shackle every chain every yoke of bondage come on how many need a miracle in 2019 then we got to act like we need a miracle 
Come on, church. And fasting is not easy to do, but it's something God requires. And church, fasting is the greatest spiritual discipline for seeking God's intervention. If you want God to intervene in your life and change the course and direction of your life, then the way he says to do it is you got to pray and you got to fast. And you put those two together, he says, I'll come in like an interception. Because when you pray and fast, you're interceding before God. Interceding because of the word interception. Y'all like the bears, y'all like the, you don't like the bears, most of y'all. But most of y'all, uh, the Packers, come on. My bears are doing better. Come on, y'all. Sorry. I just split the church. I just split the church right there. Whatever. Anyway, let me have a little, come on, let me have something around here. <laughs> and my point is, some of y'all just fold your eye. That ain't even funny. That ain't not even funny. And, and so the ball is going one direction, all right? The ball, your team is going one, is, you're, you know, you're, 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 now the ball is going, and you pick it off. The defense picks it off. And now you're going the other direction. Now your ball is going toward your end zone. My point to you is this, is that's called an interception. When you got, want God to cause an interception in your life, he says my requirement is that you get real, start praying, and put down the Big Mac. Matthew 9.15 says, and this is powerful, the time will come, Jesus said, when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. Jesus, you see, was preparing them to fast after he ascended. In other words, it's not just an Old Testament philosophy. It's not just an Old Testament act of obedience. It's well into the New Testament, and the apostles and disciples fasted, and the Christians fasted, and they still fast to this day. A lot of the people today, you got to be careful. The people you plug into on YouTube and, and you Google... Some of y'all need to turn some of that junk off. You listen to preachers that don't know what they're talking about, don't have a background, know what the foundation of God's word is. Take a little something and run with it. You got to have a doctrine which flows from Genesis to Revelation in that book. Come on, somebody. And then when you got the foundation, you can talk to me because we got a lot of preachers out there saying, well, you don't need to fast today because that's under the law and I'm under grace. But the Bible, Jesus said, I want you to get prepared. You're going to learn to fast, and you're going to learn to pray. You're going to do both of them. So both of them are acts of works. You got Works is not a bad deal. But when you work for God or do something for God thinking he's going to love you more, that's when it's wrong. He loved you already while you were still set up in your sin. I said when you were in the club, when you had a needle in your arm, when you were drinking and hoeing around, come on. He already made up his mind about you. He's in love with you. But it took the act of faith to say, Lord, you, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me my sin. And with your mouth, you were, as a work, with your mouth, you were made unto salvation. My point to you is this. God always uses works, not for you to him to love you more, but to, for you to utilize your faith. Man, I'm preaching good now. I said he loves you. We love you. I don't know what you've been involved in, but don't let nobody cut you down. Matter of fact, the God spoke to me. He said, when they come into this church, you call them something they're not currently. I don't care how they look to you. They're a tree of righteousness to me, and they got plenty of destiny. I don't care how far your back feel like you're behind with God. If you got air in your lungs, I'm here to tell you, God's still got a plan and a destiny for you. You are loved by the Almighty God. He loves you. He loves you. Sin Israel, you got to deal. That's not my message today. This is free of charge. Sin Israel, and you got to deal with it. You got to confess it. You can't live like that the rest of your life. I'm just trying to tell you, He already loves you. 
When you look at the ministry of Paul, after a period of praying and fasting, in Acts chapter 13, it says, while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Uh, church, we need to hear God's voice in this day and hour. And the way they heard God, for God to tell them to set apart from them Barnabas and Saul, was they worshipped him and they fasted. The Holy Spirit spoke to them in direct relation to their worship and their fasting. And when they did that, God spoke and they heard God. We're making so many plans because we think they're right. We think they're right. The Bible says that a plans, man's plans will end in death. They'll never turn out. We need the plan of God. And to get the plan of God, we've got to hear the voice of God. And I'm not talking about the voice that you hear in your ear, because that's nice too when it comes. That might be very rare. But the voice you know that's in here that you can't deny. You know he's speaking to you. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, now to be clear, to not fast does not mean you're in sin. But Jesus did say, when you fast... Not if you fast. Clearly, it's an essential part of our walk with God. So who shouldn't fast? I wrote down a few things so people have no confusion. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding shouldn't fast. Children and teenagers, since they're still growing and developing, uh, shouldn't fast. Matter of fact, we don't see that in the scripture. It was always adults who fasted. And not to say that, that teens can't fast. They do. Matter of fact, today, bless me so much, uh, Anthony, uh, uh, this was uh, awesome. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob's son, Anthony, uh, said he's going to, is, he, is Anthony here? Is he still in here? He said he's going to fast his YouTube account. Now, for an 18-year-old kid, come on, that's like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? He don't watch nothing on television. All he got on YouTube. That's a big deal, right? So if you can't fast the food, you can fast something else. Amen. Uh, people who are seniors or elderly, uh, sometimes they need the nutrition that comes from food or they can't take their medication without, without eating something, so they probably can't. People who are recovering from illness, injury, or surgery, or people who have chronic health problems, these are people that probably cannot fast. All right? But what about the nature, the role, and the purpose of fasting? That's what we got to get today. First, fasting is not a tool to win God's audience or God's approval. You're not going to say, he's not going to love you more, approve you more, and you're certainly not going to take his arm and shove it behind his back saying, this is what I want, God. Now I gave up three days of fast. I'm going to give up three days of food, and so now I need you to give me a new car. Does anybody want to talk to me today? <laughs> Sometimes we think if we do something, God, you know, I, would, I, would, I wanted to eat. I didn't do it. Now I need you to do this and that. That's not, how we're, that's not what we're talking about. Got to understand the purpose of it. God is always, always, always ready to speak to us and to help us at any time, 24-7. But this is something important. It's for our sake that we fast in order to tune ourselves in to the wavelength of God, in order to hear him properly and how to walk with him effectively. Sometimes we're just not hearing good enough. Sometimes we're just not tuned in enough. And what we're trying to do is get back, especially starting this brand new year, because January is Latin for the door. It's the door that opens to the new year. And the way you enter, come on, somebody. It's how you leave. How you leave is how you enter. 
Simply put, fasting is moving into a spiritual realm of faith and power by putting down or denying our flesh desires. The Holy Spirit and the spirit part of us through prayer and fasting takes dominance. It dominates in every area that we can't get the breakthrough in. It is moving into the spirit and walking in the spirit. That's why I say if you've got a certain problem of vice, whatever it may be. I was a youth pastor for many years. I was telling the first service this. And, um, and so sometimes you deal with these guys, young men, and they deal with pornography. And so I had one guy kept coming to me. I, I messed up again, Pat. I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray. And finally, the spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, I, the Lord told me to tell him, you tell him to fast for five days. If he fasts for five days, he'll get a breakthrough and never worry about it again. And I said, okay. I'm telling you, he was 18 years old, so he was an adult, but young. And so I told him, God told me to tell you, fast for five days and you're going to get a breakthrough. Well, his eyes got big as circles. Nobody wants to fast for five days. I said, but if you want to get a breakthrough, if you'll fast, God said he'll give it to you. Now, I learned something by that. Came back, he got his breakthrough. God touched him. It was amazing. Found out something. That when you're on a fast, priorities come into sync pretty quick. You know, what he, he, you know what he didn't think about for five days? Sex. You know what he thought about for five days? Food. <laughs> Things begin to go into priority pretty quick. You start going, you know what, I can live without this, but I can't live without that. And something in your mind can trigger what you're going through right now is not as big a big a deal as the food. But if you can give up the food, you, it's like you're telling yourself, you can do this. This is not something you can't do. You can actually do this. So if you've got a problem with advice, come on. Fasting's going to help you out. Is it easy? Is fasting easy? It's tough. I don't like it. It's not easy. I know for a fact, because I'm a, I'm a veteran at this, I've been on three 40-day fasts, three of them. Problem is, I only made it to day three in all of them, but I was believing God. Come on. I had a big Jesus. I'm going to do 40 days. I'm going to do 40 days. Day three. Oh, my God. How many know what I'm talking about? I tried, but I just couldn't make them. It's not easy. We want to do it, but it's hard to do it. It's very difficult. I'm telling you, when you fast, things happen to you. You know, you could probably go tomorrow and not think about it. Not no big deal. Go to work. You know, oh, I miss lunch. No big deal. I'll have, I miss breakfast, lunch. I'll, I'll get dinner tonight. No big deal. But when you make a declaration, I'm going to fast for 21 days. Tomorrow morning, about 9 o'clock at work, oh, my God, I'm feeling faint. I'm a, Jesus, you know I got to work today. I can't. I got to make money. I have to stop over at McDonald's and get something. 9.30, you're already ready to quit. Why? Because your mind doesn't want it. Your body screams and says, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Nobody else. But your spirit's saying, no, God's in charge. When you get, when you get, you start, I'm just trying to help you with some pitfall. You, you, when you start fasting by day two, you have a bionic nose. I mean, remember know what a bionic means. It means, you know, super smeller. I mean, you, you, it's wintertime. All the doors are shut. All the windows are down. But you can smell fries. Come on, somebody. 3.9 miles away around the corner. I don't know how you can do it, but you can. Well, I smell something good. 
go to your pantry, you look in your pantry, you haven't touched anything in that pantry for months. There's things in your pantry you've had there for a whole year. Never even considered it. But when you're on the fast, oh my God. Rice cakes? I love rice cakes. Am I right? <laughs> your body doesn't want to do that. It's hard. But look what 2 Corinthians 9, 8. This will give you encouragement. God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So if this is a good work, it is fasting, then he says, I'm going to have an abounding grace and favor that's going to come upon me to help me get through the tough times. Because when hunger pains come, and they will, just know they are going to go away. Let me tell you how to fast. Um. There are many different ways scripturally you can do it. There's the one-day fast. There's the three-day fast. There's a seven-day fast. There's a 21-day fast. And then there's a 40-day fast. The 21-day fast actually is called the Daniel's fast. And Daniel didn't know he was on the Daniel's fast. He was just doing a fast that God told him not to eat any red meat or drink any strong drink, no alcohol. And so he gave it, gave it up and basically was eating vegetables, Okay. And, and, and that's what he ate for, for his meals for 21 days. He needed a breakthrough. So he began to fast as God gave him direction for 21 days. He ate nothing but vegetables. And at the end of that, God gave him a vision and a supernatural breakthrough came into Daniel's life, which led into a breakthrough in Egypt. Now, my whole point of bringing that up is there are many different ways that you can do this. There's also something called the sun up to sun down fast. Um, and, or, or again, if you can't fast the food because of medication or one of the things I mentioned a moment ago, you can give, I believe you can do this, you can give something up. How about Netflix? Oh, Lord Jesus. Someone said, don't give me. Well, it, you think of something that you really enjoy as much as food and say, this is what I'm going to give up for 21 days. By the way, it takes 21 days to create a new habit. That's a scientific fact. And some stuff we've been doing, we just don't need to do anymore anyways. Let, let me tell you, prayer and fasting is like sowing tears. It's not easy. It's a sacrifice, yet a more than worthwhile sacrifice, because Psalms 126 says this, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy, right? He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves or bundles of the crop of the harvest with him. So there's a harvest in my uh, displeasure, in my uncomfortableness. In my tears, they're like seeds that are sown in the spirit that bring me a great harvest of joy when it's over. So 21 days of not being so comfortable can bring me a whole year of joy and reaping the benefits of what God has and what I need, which is found in Isaiah 58, 6. And this is the most powerful scripture about fasting. And I could spend some time on this, but I can't. Um, this is what it does. This is what it says. Is not this kind of fasting, the fat kind of fasting that I have chosen? Watch this. What does it do? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke 
In other words, God says, there's been unjust, injustice done to you, things that were not fair, but it keeps like, it's like a, it's, it violates you over and over again. What you got to do is begin to fast. It's a fast God has chosen to do what? To cause that chain to be broken or loosened in your life and the cords that have got yoked on your back. He said, I'll loosen them so there's no more heaviness in your life. He said also, it's the fast to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away uh, from your own flesh and blood. Then, watch the fast, then your light, your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Some of you have been in darkness. And you've been groping because there's no light. So you're trying to figure out your way out. But you can't find a way out. What you need is light. When light comes, you can see what you got to do. And when light comes, it is what we call a breaking through. So when the sun came up this morning and it came over the horizon in Milwaukee, what did it do? It was a breakthrough of light where there was darkness. And when light comes on the scene, it always whips darkness. So what you need is a breakthrough. And he said fasting will bring you a breakthrough. But here's another good part I really, really, really like. He said, and your healing will quickly appear. I'm calling this church to a fast because I'm sick and tired of people being sick and tired. I want to see God's people whole and well. We needed a breakthrough in our bodies, guys. By his stripes, we're healed. And we have seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle. And he'll do it for you. I said he'll do it for you. But sometimes there's stubborn things. And when the stubborn thing shows up, he said it might be a little stubborn, but it's still got to be dealt with. That's why Jesus said, don't put my screen back up there. Put my title and my message back up there. Put my title back up there real quick if you don't mind. Oh, this kind. He said, that devil came out by you just praying, but there's a stubborn devil in your life, a sickness and disease. This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. And on Thursday, I, I, I flipped the whole thing over. On Thursday, I said, well, I, I'm, I'm bothered by this God. I've seen too many people get healed. I don't like to hear when people aren't doing well. We have several people, stubborn things happen in their life. It's like they're not doing well. I said, get them all on the phone. And we're going to put them on the phone. We change the whole story so we can pray for them. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to get the breakthrough if we as a church will pray and fast for 21 days. Lisa, you got me? I'm telling you, you shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I don't care what it looks like. Our God is a healer. We just got to get sincere. We got to get real about it. And I'm fasting for 21 days because I want to see Dave come out of that bed whole and healed. He said, then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call and the Lord will answer you and you will cry for help. And he will say, here am I. What, 
the benefits of this go over go over and over and over by the way this will be up online you can get to it online tomorrow afternoon but go over that scripture over and over get it in your spirit look what Joel 2 says now therefore says the Lord turn to me with all your heart with fasting with weeping and mourning so rend your heart and not your garments God's not looking for the outward thing God wants our hearts Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. He doesn't want to do anybody harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Then he says this, blow the trumpet in Zion. That's the church. Consecrate a fast. We're doing that. Call a sacred assembly. We're doing that. Gather the people. We've done that. Sanctify the congregation. That means set them apart for these 21 days. We're doing that. Assemble the elders. We just did that. Okay? He said, gather the children, the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who ministered to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. That's my job. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And that's another thing, too. We need a revival in the land. There's so many people, they don't even believe God at all. They don't believe in him. Where is your God? That's what they say. This breaks the power of that so God can come on the scene. So what is the bottom line about fasting? Fasting is going without food to pursue and focus on something more important going on in your world. When you aren't getting the breakthrough, you got to learn to focus. That like a laser beam, focus on that. That's what Hannah did. When Hannah was barren and she couldn't bear a child and she was so broken up about that and she went to the house of God and she went praying, the Bible says, and she did not eat is what the Bible said. She prayed, she fasted, and she begged God to open her womb and God sent a word to her and opened her womb and gave us one of the greatest prophets that ever walked the earth by the name of Samuel. God wants us to focus, church. Fasting helps subject our bodies to our spirit. Uh, fasting is disciplining the mind and the body and the spirit. Fasting is subordinating our flesh desires to our spirit desires. And I have scriptures on all of this. Fasting helps set the priorities in our lives, Matthew 6, Fasting is longing after God, uh, Psalm 63. Um, and, and lastly, why should we fast, church? Well, Fasting honors God. Matthew 6, 16, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I'm honoring God. If I do it in secret, he rewards me in the open. Number two, it humbles me. It humbles me. Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Three, fasting brings deliverance from bondage. Isaiah 58 loosens the bonds of wickedness breaks the power of the enemy. Jesus, we mentioned this as well, this kind does not go out without prayer and fasting. It brings a deliverance from every bondage. For it gives us revelation. Revelation is what? Light in darkness. We have a revelation. God's vision will come into focus. Daniel 9, 3, 
Daniel said, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer, supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And then God gave him the greatest revelation he'd ever had. Five, fasting brings revival, not just corporately in the church, but brings personal revival. And I'm a big believer that if you don't have personal revival, probably won't sustain corporate revival, right? All, all the scriptures I'll give you is just read the book of Acts. It's one after the other. Six, it brings awareness and repentance over personal weaknesses. So in other words, God starts to deal with you and says, I don't like this. It stands between you and me. Why don't you deal with that? Why don't you let me help you get rid of that? Why don't you repent of that? Let me help you. And he will. James 4, verse 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner. And By the way, y'all, on, thir- on, on Sunday nights, once a month, the first Sunday of the month, we have our prayer night at 5.55. It was the biggest crowd We've had to date praying here last Sunday night. Power of God came here. And that was after I told them, don't come anymore. I said, we don't need any more people showing up. And everybody just looked at me and said, don't even show up tonight. Don't, I, we got a crew already. We, already got, we, got, we got enough people. Don't worry about it. I said, the only people I want showing up tonight are the people that want to pray, that know how to pray, that will get before God put the pedal to the metal the moment we start at 555 and for one hour we pray. I said, other than that, just stay home. I said, unless you want to learn how to pray, come on by. I mean, it, they just came out. And we prayed. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God fell in this place. And I told my son, go give me six bottles of water. He gave me uh, bottles of water. And I said, here's what we're going to do. The Spirit of God said, take water and prophetically cleanse this altar. Now, th- what is that? It's just an action. It, it, doesn't, it really didn't, the water didn't do anything in the carpet. But it's an action of faith. And I said, and the Lord says, cleanse your hands. So I had everybody come up and we poured water on all of our hands. And we washed our hands. It was a significant thing. It was prophetic saying, we're going to start this year off right. We're going to clean ourselves from all the garbage, all the nonsense. If you stay here long enough, you'll know your preacher's not perfect. I'm the first one to tell him myself. I'm I'm not a perfect man. You're not a perfect person. If you found the perfect church, you're a liar. And the reason why I know you're a liar, because you're in it. Nobody's perfect. Come on, church. Nobody's perfect. And so my point is we all have to cleanse our hands. We all have to cleanse. And then it says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. In closing, I wrote something here I want to read to you. God said, when we humble ourselves through faith and fasting, he himself takes care of demonic spirits that have gained legal access into our lives. Somehow we gave them a pass to walk into our world. Whether, whether it be a, a sin, whether it be a, a, a negative speech that we have, somehow our consecration to him closes their legal entry and enables him to rebuke all the devourers and all the weeds that have grown up around in our lives. He rebukes them and not us. He spares us. Our only role is to focus on him over what he requires of us and not to focus on whatever demon spirits come up. Prayer and fasting constitutes our true spiritual warfare prayers and deliverance prayers. And we bring matters before God in humble submission and seek him to deal with them in the power of his might. 
and we get two outcomes. Number one, because of prayer and fasting, we get the victory. And the second part of that is we get closer to the Almighty.